Hi, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. Something that I think gets lost in the coverage of undocumented immigrants living in America is how stressful the day-to-day life is. You know, every minute you're worried and nervous about this big secret getting out. Anxious that doing something as basic as, I don't know, going to the doctor could get you deported. That's what it was like for Chan Julie Wang. Her new memoir, Beautiful Country, is all about the undocumented immigrant experience. And in this interview with NPR Scott Simon, she talks about growing up living in that shadow and what finally pushed her to share her story. Here's the interview. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands. But because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. When the economic news gets to be a bit much... Listen to The Indicator from Planet Money. We're here for you, like your friends, trying to figure out all the most confusing parts. One story, one idea, every day. All in 10 minutes or less. The Indicator from Planet Money, your friendly economic sidekick. From NPR. The story of Chan Julie Wong, as she explains, begins before she was born. Her uncle, a teen at the time, was arrested for criticizing Mao Zedong, and her father's family lived under a hail of rocks, pebbles, slurs, and worse. Her family escaped the United States, New York, in 1994, but were undocumented. And they had to live, in the Chinese phrase, as people in hay, the dark, the shadows, the underground world of undocumented immigrants who work menial jobs off the books in fear that their underground existence might be exposed. Chan Julie Wong, who is a Yale Law graduate, now an attorney, has written a memoir, Beautiful Country. She joins us now from Brooklyn, New York. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. This memoir takes us through five years in your childhood. A young girl, trying to make a home in America with her family. Grade school was tough, wasn't it? It was, but I think I was protected by the fact that I was a child and just kind of took things as they came, as children do, and had that sort of natural resilience. Yeah. You you didn't speak English. You were thrown into a school. You also didn't speak Chinese, as some kid taunted you about, uh, at least his Chinese. So uh, help us understand how you navigated through that world. Yeah, when we got here, I remember the first thing we realized that um, even though there were Chinese people around us in Chinatown, we were of a different kind of Chinese. There were not so many immigrants from North China. There were many immigrants from South China, and most everyone spoke Cantonese or Fujianese. We only spoke Mandarin, and that immediately relegated us to kind of a lower caste. Mm. My teacher spoke only Cantonese or English, neither of which I spoke. So after a day or two, the teacher recommended that I be put in a classroom for students with disabilities, even though I had no disabilities. And it was there, really that I discovered that I myself could learn English just through books. And it was um, in that room that I first felt the sense of agency. What did your parents caution you you uh, you should avoid saying and doing because your family was uh, without documents? Immediately upon arriving here, I noticed that my parents were incredibly nervous 
They were very different from the joyful people that they were in China. And then they started telling me to tell everyone that I was born here. There was this constant fear and constant messaging that we could be sent home. Your parents were academic professionals in China, but uh, what did they do to get by in the U.S.? In the U.S., my mother, my mother's first job was at a sweatshop in Chinatown. The first time I stepped into that room, I think I stopped breathing because I had never seen a room of that squalor. And my mother sat down in the back row, which was the least paying row, and she started attaching labels to the back of shirts and dresses for three cents per article of clothing. And that was how our days in America started. And over the years, she made her way through some worse and some slightly better jobs, including processing salmon at a sushi plant where she stood in ice water for 12 hours at a time. Let me ask you about the time your mother falls ill, and it, it kind of underscored a lot of the fear in which you had to live, because when you're undocumented, um, well, you, you tell us, you're afraid to go to a hospital, aren't you? Absolutely. I was attuned to my mother's every move pretty much the minute we landed at JFK. So when she started acting uncomfortable in her body, she would put her hand over her stomach. And I saw her get progressively worse to a point where she could not hide it anymore. And we were too terrified to find a doctor. It was not safe for us to go to quote-unquote regular doctors. So we found other doctors, undocumented like us, who could help us, but they didn't have the tools, they didn't have the prescription abilities. So it finally culminated in the night that I found her rolling in bed and and forced to call 911 and then holding my breath and waiting to see if she would get medical attention or we would instead get deported. I... uh... I feel the need to ask about your father, Baba, in Chinese. You have grown to understand him. Help me. My father, I think, would have been very different if we had stayed in China. But from kind of my first days here, he told me I no longer have status as a man. By virtue of being Asian, it's just I'm just seen as being weak. He had to find some sense of control and power in his household and the two women that he lived with. And it drove him to do some things that were, I think, probably not even understandable from his point of view. And then, of mm-hmm. course, there was his childhood, which was horrific. His family was marked as dissidents and counter-revolutionaries, and his parents were publicly beaten. Yeah. When did you feel you could begin to, to talk more openly? About, about all of this? It really happened during my second clerkship when I was clerking on the Ninth Circuit, and I felt like such a complete fraud. I'd gotten to a point where I was a lawyer and was fairly accomplished, but I was still not honest about who I had been. And so I walked into my judge's office and just kind of sat down and spilled everything she responded with such empathy and understanding. She said, secrets, they hold such power over us, don't they? 
I realized she meant that all of us have these powerful secrets that we ascribe so much shame to, but that really are very universal at its core. I'm sure you know there are people who will hear your story and say that what happened, what your family had to live through, was sad and outrageous. And that's why they think immigration should be strictly regulated, because undocumented people uh, can be exploited. I, I think that viewpoint is deeply myopic. It's based only on what people know of the conditions in America. But if you look outside America, and specifically to Mexico and China, which are the two sources of major uh, immigration to the United States, you see that if those people are not able to leave and find refuge, they are under lifelong, lifelong persecution for their religious and political beliefs in a way that is far worse than what my parents and I went through. And the fact that people are willing to risk being undocumented shows just mm -hmm. how bad it is in the home countries of people who immigrate. Chun Julie Wong, her memoir, Beautiful Country, is out now. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the Spark Cash Plus card, you earn unlimited 2% cash back on every purchase for your business. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash Spark Cash Plus. Terms and conditions apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor State Farm. If you're a small business owner, it's your life. State Farm agents are small business owners, too, so they can help you choose personalized policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing. Like, not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop. <laughs> dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.